This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The Big Interview with Offscript. I've been in conversation with Andrew Cotton. He is a professional big wave surfer. You might know him from Garrett McNamara's HBO Max docuseries called A Hundred Foot Wave because he does feature in that. Have either of you seen it, caught an episode? I've not actually, no. Mm. We have featured Garrett McNamara on the show. Yes, Garrett McNamara spoke to you about mm, two years ago now in actual fact. Mm, About a year ago, I'd say. Was it? I'd say it was about a year ago. I bet it was two years. Time time flies when you're having fun on this show. It it is, uh, incidentally, that doc you see the 100 foot wave it is on again it's another free plug because we were on the flights the last couple yeah. of days it is on ice it is on I ice as far as I can tell HBO Max is still not available here and that's where it's featured so I was looking for it last night and I just couldn't find it anywhere um, but Garrett McNamara in this season uh, journeys to Nazare Portugal which is known for its big waves and he wants to conquer the 100 foot wave now is this even possible we will get to that with our guest Andrew but here's a little clip of the trailer Nazareth isn't like any other big wave spot. It's a different animal. This is where the biggest wave in the world is. It stands up so tall. I found what I've been looking for for so many years. I need search no more. Can't help but think, is this the last time I'm going to see you? The town of Nazareth, that is my family. Is it really worth anything on the line? You should not surf those waves. It was like now and ever. It's like nowhere else you've ever surfed. It's the Everest of the ocean. I'm sold on that. You know, I was going to say, the audio doesn't quite do it justice. Kind oh. of like a, a climbing documentary. It is just these vast waves that you're seeing, larger than life. The images of this tiny little speck of a human well, amidst all of that, that really sort of makes it. It's interesting what you say there, because listening to that trailer, I couldn't help evoke memories of The Alpinist, mm. which, mm. I mean, we've spoken about The Alpinist on numerous occasions on the show. One of, if not my favorite documentary. I mean, that, I've watched it four times now, for good sake it was just awesome and listening to that trailer yeah i'm sold yeah this is definitely one i want to watch and in terms of big wave surfing let's talk about the current record because this was awarded by guinness world records just a few months ago the highest wave ever surfed went to sebastian stutner he surfed a wave of 86 feet and i was kind of thinking 86 feet it's one of those vague things it's hard to actually picture right but think of a building floor A standard story, right? Roughly on average between 10 to 14 feet, obviously depending on the building. So imagine either a six to nine story building coming at you. Our building. Our building is about six stories. Our work building. Yeah, it is. So imagine this work building, looking up at it, and imagine just riding it as a wave. (laughs) It's crazy. It's astonishing. It's absolutely wild. I mean, just even getting on that wave, like even being towed into it, is just... uh, Oh, my Lord. I mean, it's the amount of moving water you're dealing with and the amount of control and balance required to survive on it is outrageous. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the process of big wave surfing, that's something I talked to Andrew about just as we were getting into the interview because I wanted to understand it a little bit. It was, you know, as I mentioned, when you see a video of it, there's something really awe-inspiring about it. The idea that you could even survive that with a Mm. little surfboard and nothing else. Um, There's so much prep involved, as you might imagine. You're keeping yourself physically fit. You're watching weather apps to get a sense of the waves and where you're going to catch them. You're finding the right team to do something this risky with. Um, 
And eventually, it's go time. And that's when they get towed in with a jet ski when it comes to big waves. They surf the wave. And then when they're done, that's when they're at the most dangerous point, as you can imagine, because the wave has already crashed now. Uh, So they have radio communications with the jet ski driver to get picked up. At the same time, they have a spotter on the coast to help with the rescue and to also help the surfer locate some of the best locations. I mean, this is an operation, really, Mm. to do all of this. And it's something that's relatively new in surfing, toe-in surfing sort of developed in the 90s when surfers realized they really couldn't break the 30-foot barrier on their own. So that's when they started using jet skis and other kind of vehicles to get the surfer in place. Now, the title of this docuseries, 100-Foot Wave, it seems kind of insane, doesn't it? But I've asked him, is it possible? You know, the 100-Foot Wave, it's, it's always been, you know, like, I think Garrett Singh was always like, you know, he wanted to surf like a 120-Foot Wave, you know, like, and then there was no doubt, you know, it was his sort of famous quote, I think. Um but the really interesting thing about big waves is how you measure them, I suppose. And, and so we still are in that point of like, how do we even measure a wave? Like, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that, you know, it's 2022 and, you know, how are we actually make measuring waves? Because it's not done on factual data, real data. It's done on estimates afterwards, <laughs> which doesn't really make sense to me. But, you know, but does the 100 wave exist? You know, yeah, yeah, I think it does. And I think that's the exciting thing about big wave surfing is that there's always another big wave. You know, like mountaineering, you know, you, you climb the highest peak and it's done, you know. But surfing's always evolving. Waves are getting bigger. Storms are getting bigger. Discovery. And that's really exciting. Fair point, though. Yeah, it is. Because I was going to ask him, how do you measure a wave? And he brought it up himself. The fact that it is an estimation. And, and not something I'm that's not sure calculated. waves getting bigger due to climate change is quite and quite exciting. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, I guess I, if you're a surfer, then sure. That was going to be one of my questions. Is the fact you know we we kind of besmirch and belittle obviously the changing kind of world environment, etc. But is that helping surfers? Are waves getting bigger? Well, that's what he said. He just kind of threw out there that they're getting bigger and bigger. I mean, uh, maybe there's a greater awareness of them, a greater ability to surf those great waves as well. Kind of the knowledge of certain key spots like Nazare in Portugal as well, which is only recently been discovered. Right. Nazare has only been known among the surfing community for about 20 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah. That is crazy that that wave just existed forever and no one knew about it. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever tried surfing? I'm looking at Rob now because I know Chris hasn't I have, doesn't swim. I have actually. Yeah. Um, You're not cool enough no, to try I have surfing. tried. I have tried on holiday in Cornwall. Um, it was more of a bodyboarding effort yeah. than surfing, which is great fun, by the way. Even bodyboarding. Lots yeah. to be said for it. Uh, you I need a cool name to surf. You need to be like a Kelly or a Brad mm. or a Bodie. Yeah. You know, basically an Aussie name. To right. Pull off. Carter. Carter, yeah. yes. Carter surfs. <laughs> Robert Greenfield <laughs> does not. Let's be honest. Well, no, the, the wave doesn't know what name you've got. <laughs> I know, but you just, the surfing community would shun you. Oh, hello, my name's Robert. No. Robbie could be a surfer. Totally. Name, but Greenfield, nah. no. I agree with you. Uh, Robbie. Robbie the surfer, maybe. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's more your look than your name, really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cheers, guys. Topic. Anyway, perhaps let's move on with the interview. Well, the reason uh, I, I don't see either of you two as budding surfers either to be quite honest didn't mistake either of you for for that kind of lifestyle well the reason i was asking about your experience surfing is even when you're just starting to learn you catch like less than a foot wave and you Mm. crash you feel that crash yeah sure so i wanted to get a sense from andrew about what it actually feels like when we're talking about something in the vicinity of 80 foot waves from the moment you set out on the jet ski to actually getting back to shore safely what's that experience like it's funny because like any 
the natural human instinct is like it is it's dangerous it's fast it's noisy it's it's chaotic at one point you know you have a decision you, you and your team you're in you know you're in communications the, the jet skis are a relatively safe place to be you know in the ocean in those waves and when you're positioning yourself under these giant mountains of water um, which you know like no what like two waves break the same you know it's all very unpredictable and and you do you do feel like when that jet ski's like driving you into a wave and you're probably going you know 40 50 miles an hour once you're, you when you're on the rope you know there's still that decision of like i don't have to let go you know like but the second you let go of that rope you are on your own and there's a there's a thousand different ways you can ride ride the wave or, or the lines you can take how critical you can go you know it's like a it's an open sheet you know of how you want to draw it but it's also amongst all the chaos and the speed and the fear it's super super peaceful and like and i think that's the, the draw that's the thing that i love is like in that chaos there is peace and tranquility of like finding those lines and it's not like surfing even though it's surfing like you are doing speeds of 75 kilometers an hour down a wave sometimes you know it can be you know faster and when you fall or if you make a mistake the falling on on water when you're doing that speed is like falling on concrete you skip you bounce and then you just get absolutely the impacts of the the white water can be you know it's like car like car crashes you know like it's, it's brutal so you can imagine like you know, your high heart rate, you fall, you, you feel like you're getting like thrown across concrete and then you got that huge impact and then you got to hold your breath for 30 seconds. <laughs> so that, yeah, it's on the, you, you know, you're on the edge, you know, that, that whole time, which is really, it's a good feeling. Yeah, he describes kind of something like a car crash being on the edge the full time and then says that was a good feeling. Yeah. Interesting. We're all wired um, differently. Yeah, exactly. And he described that car crash feeling of wiping out. It's something he was very much describing from firsthand experience because back in November 2017, there was a huge swell in the Atlantic. It produced some giant waves in Nazare. And he said it was a really exciting morning. Of course some it of the was. best conditions they've seen in years. It's kind of he kind of described it as there was something in the air. One of those days that you felt like you were going to get the ride of your life, he said. A moment or a wave that you would absolutely never forget. And that is exactly what happened to him, just not in the way that he expected. I already had a couple of waves that morning and the waves were giant and clean and perfect. And and I think on my third or fourth wave, um, I took a, a particularly critical line, which means like I was exceptionally deep on this wave. I read it, you know, what looked like the most perfect wave in the world and went from the most perfect to the most like horrible dangerous wave that I'd surfed and and I'm I was so committed and and my line was wasn't quite correct and I took a really really heavy impact which which ended up in me um breaking my back and then that yeah that was I had a compression fracture in my L2 and yeah that was my my surfing done for the next in those 12 months pretty much but yeah what do you remember about that experience about the impact itself and what it felt like physically 
I can remember like thinking, oh, this is like this is this is the way. You know, like I talked about, like letting go of that rope, and and as you start to commit, and, and there's no going back, and and I can remember just seeing this this perfect mountain of water, this wall, and thinking, oh, this is like the most perfect wave, and like knowing like where I wanted to be to to be in the most critical position, and then thinking, right, this is it, this is it, and then realizing oh no, like I am in the worst possible place. And that, like it going from the best to the worst in milliseconds. And and then what followed was was probably like the biggest impact. Well, it crushed me. And, and we wear safety vests, which um, inflate. And it hit me so hard, like it didn't knock me out. And I was always conscious but the shock and the pain, like I didn't even have time to like pull my inflate vest to bring me to the top. I can remember being underwater getting uh, like upside down, like ragdolled with this pain and this note, like I almost instantly knew. I was like, I, like, like I'm, I'm done. Like I'm not getting any more waves today. Like that's not good. And there was no panic. In fact, it was almost calm. And then I, I surfaced for like a millisecond and managed to get like half a breath and then the wave behind. Um, I was underwater and because I hadn't pulled my safety vest, I was underwater for some, some time. I just surfaced before the next wave hit me. And then when that next wave hit me, it was like, oh, like, like this could go really bad. And I managed to pull my vest, I inflated, and I surfaced quite quickly after that one. And then I got rescued. Dramatic pause there when he says, I'm done. Ooh, wow, for the day, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well done, Andrew. He I, just, I don't know how he managed to grab onto the jet ski with a ruptured spine. I mean, oh. it's crazy because he just, oh. as it's coming down, as you mentioned, he just bounces off the water on impact. Like you're skipping a rock almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that water would have had the properties of concrete. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. And the speed. Wow. And he describes his initial shock and survival instinct while it's all happening, kind of how he's realizing he wasn't going to surf more that day. That was his big <laughs> yeah. realization in the water. But I thought once he got back to shore, he must have started to have concerns about the injuries that he sustained. So I asked him what was running through his head. And it wasn't quite what I expected. It was funny. Like the mo- I was actually just really disappointed in myself. Um, I, disappoint- I, f- I felt like I had kind of blown an opportunity and I'd, and I'd been out of sync with the ocean and read the wave wrong. And so I was kind of like more angry that I'd made a, a silly mistake on such a critical wave. You know, for, for me, like I was thinking about, you know, it's only November, it's the start of the season. You know, like I, at this point, lying on the beach, like I knew it wasn't good, but it's an injury, you know, like I wouldn't know how bad it was, but I was thinking like, okay, right, maybe it's like six weeks out or, you know, I'd probably make the end of the season do you know what I mean? And and it was it wasn't really until like a few days later when you sort of realise it's a fracture in my back, and you know I'm lucky. You know, it could have been a lot worse, and I was fortunate to be with you know some of the best guys. You know, experienced in those conditions, it managed to save me in time, and I was in really good hands on the beach. And you know, I was just really fortunate. <laughs> like, could have been a lot worse. The season was just irrelevant then. You know, it's just about focusing on trying to heal and and making goals for you know what I could do and and how I could get back out there so he said he realized how serious his injury was a few days later right he said the real moment was when he was in the hospital 
was the third day and his good friend Garrett McNamara who we've spoken about yeah. was in the room and he said you know what we've been in the water and we've been in some really ridiculous and crazy scary situations before and in fact he d- it described Garrett as a bit crazy as well but then when he saw a concerned look on Garrett's face for the first time in his life that's yeah. when it got real for yeah. him and he realized kind of the gravity of his situation and you would think after something an experience like that quite traumatic that a person would be wary about going back into that situation he said there was never even a question about this it's what he lives for he's built his whole life around it it's just his passion finding the next big wave to surf so getting better for him was all about getting back out there Um, but what does keep pulling him back he said it started very early for him he's always chasing that feeling of the one he got when he caught his first wave like booty all over again i live like relatively close to the beach in in england in north devon my first wave was at Saunton. It was um, Saunton Sands. It's like the waves were really gentle and nice. And it was Easter holidays. It was freezing cold. It was drizzly. Typical like British summer sort of, you know, or Easter, you know, it was, it was pretty brutal. And I absolutely loved it. And I can actually remember that, that feeling of that first wave. And I feel that it's that's still the feeling that I get now on, on like the best waves I have of the season still feel like that feeling of that first wave. And I think that's what I'm chasing, you know, that's what you end up chasing, you know, that first feeling of like a sport, that moment where everything flows and everything like sort of time slows down, you know, it is still possible to get that. Yeah, so he's always chasing that initial feeling that he had Buzz. in childhood. I have bodyboarded at Staunton Beach. <laughs> yeah. And I must say that feeling of that <laughs> half a foot wave... <laughs> That carried me from 50 yards offshore wow. to to the kind of to, it beached me like yeah. a, like a whale that has gone a little bit off <laughs> off course. Well, the size of it's a, a whale. heck of a I feeling. <laughs> it was the feeling. I cannot believe we'll send that to Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew surfing massive waves to Robbie bodyboarding half a foot. Yeah, so thanks there to Andrew Cotton for taking some time to chat, and you can also catch him and Garrett on a hundred foot wave. Fantastic. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 